What's up, YouTube? It is Sunday, October 7, 2018. Creeping into the fall. Creeping out of summer. Depending on where you are in the country, some people are seeing snow. Some people are getting freezing temperatures. If you're south of the Mason-Dixon line, it's still 90 degrees outside. What do you do? I don't know. But it is Sunday. It is the live show, and I am happy to be here. Gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's Broco. Hop on over here and see what's going on in the chat. I know I was getting, getting down with old Eric. Earlier today, there's going to be a SpaceX launch tonight. For those of you that don't know, I am a big fan of SpaceX, so I'm excited to see that. I will definitely be tuning into that a little later after this gets all kinds of wrapped up. So, Eric, what's up, man? AV guy. AV stands for audio video. I know because he taught me. Audio video guy in the Rob Hawkins, what's going on, my friend? How are you, good sir? Tell it, Coleman back in Tennessee. Can't, man, I bet you were super relieved to be home, one form or fashion. Definitely not from getting a, having to take a break from your vacation. I know that was a really good time. So, hey, welcome home. Sid Barrett, what is going on, man? Sid Barrett, weren't you in the you and Pink Floyd, am I am I am I crossing my eyes and dotting my T's there? Or were you and Pink Floyd? I, guess I I I don't know. Lambert, how are you doing? Michael, more more more. How are you? Real low dad. Hashtag real low dad. Getting real freaking naughty up on his YouTube channel. I saw. Carnicorn, my man, Mark. Over in the Savannah, GA, little baby Kenny, what's going on? Never seen your name before. Welcome aboard the Soul Train. <laughs> Wayne Esser, how are you? Good, sir. CD Andrews, my man, how are you? Good, sir. Cow, 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 Ben, y'all. Cow, cow, Ben, y'all. What's up, dude? I found you on the snap, on the snap tube there. I'm trying to figure out how to. How to get all that done. Chris, what? That's, that's fresh for high yah if you didn't know. James Hill, what's going on? Ray. Go. Turning in from the Hawaii. Phil Cagle, what's going on, man? I, I feel you, brother. I feel you. You got to do what you got to do to get the babies to go night, night. You know what I'm saying? Shane. How are you, good sir? Been a hot second since I've since I seen you. Yeah, I reckon you've been out there plugging holes all over the slapping place over there in, in the in the Nebraska. Ryan Quick, how are you, good sir? Ryan, am I going to be seeing you at the GIE? I know that's kind of a yearly tradition we have. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Matt Kaczynski. Kaczynski, Kaczynski, what's up, man? It's a lot of syllables in your name, but I'm going to find them, and I'm going to count every one of them. Mean Green, what's up, dude? What is up? Jay Wyrick, what is going on? Slick Jay, getting slick over there in this corner of the chat. I know what he's doing. Casey Turner waiting on a phone call. Yes, you are. That is my bad, man. I meant to call you back. I completely forgot. A little bit of a excuse built into that, uh, but I'll tell it to you on the phone. I'll call you on my way into the office tomorrow, Casey. GG Turf. That's some that's some good, 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 good turf going over there. How are you, good sir? Glenn Stevens up in the new York. What's happening? John T. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Dajubaraska. Billy G. What's up, man? How are you, good sir? Look at all these tropical storm hurricanes. I saw that, man. Doesn't look like it's going to be too powerful. But uh, let's let's pray that everybody stays safe out there. You know what I'm saying? We need lots and lots of safety. John Kane, not one, not two. Grace, Grace, John Kane, the third. What's going on, my friend? How are you, John Pinkerton, up there in 
Cedar Rapids doing the cupcake thing, that one cupcake place, hashtag www.thatonecupcakeplace.com, laying it down. Greg Ferguson, what's up from Middle Tennessee? Hey, glad you enjoyed Dickens. I love those guys. Great, great people. Just comfortably numb after my lawn care. I hear you, man. Maccioni, what's up, dude? What's going on? Macchi, Macchi, Maccioni. Jason Ewing, Jake Dub, what's up, dude? Yeah, man, get all that seed down so you can come see me. Terry Martin, that's, what's going on for Blackshear, Georgia? Terry Martin, back again, I reckon. I don't know, have you tuned in before? Trinity, Alabama, look at that. My wife coming in with jokes, Matt Johnson. How are you, sir? Marco Guerrero, not for president. That is way too much going on there. We got Rick. With Soil Samurai Gardens. I'm going to go check out your YouTube channel when this ends right here, Rick. From Kansas City. Ton of rain out lately. Man, we need some more rain. How about that? Gravy, look out. Up there in the Dakotas. Up there in the Dakotas. I didn't even know that was a real place till, till recently. But I'm glad I learned. You taught me a little bit about geography, Gravy, look out, and I'm happy for it. You got to watch it out for us rednecks, man. We forget about things that exist in the world like North Dakota. And that people actually live there. Who knew? Here we go, C.D. Andrews. This is what I'm talking about right here. Have what appears to be some dollar spot. Mycelium trying to hit my new seedlings. Course of action, PPZ and or strobe. Worried I'll damage the new grass. Okay. That's a tough one, C.D. Andrews. Can you send me a picture of this? Yeah, uh, that's first and foremost. Glenn is right. Strobe will not touch dollar spot. In fact, in some instances, there's some research that shows it can actually increase instances of dollar spot uh, if you apply it to active disease. So get we'll X the strobe right now. So that's going to leave you in the in the PPZ realm there. Now, that being said, if you're seeing mycelium, CD Andrews, send me a picture of that because it could be dollar spot, it could be something different. I've been getting a lot of information, a lot of data collection is going on right now with true organic fertilizers and mycelium forming. So I'm curious what exactly it looks like. If it looks like a fusarium patch or a snow mold type mycelium that's growing, I'm curious if you've put down an organic fertilizer. So send me a picture of that and we'll jump into it. If they are nude seedlings, I would try and see if you can get away with PPZ at a low rate. If I'm just, just throwing a random uh, rate out here, we'll go like half rate, like one ounce per thousand, and then do sequential applications of it. That would be my best guess. Uh, it's fescue, so you're not going to hurt things by throwing you know, a little bit of uh, potassium to it, too. If you're if you're rocking with some uh, Kentucky bluegrass right now, I'd say eh, probably probably you know back off the the potassium, but it's fescue. You can get a little hot saucy on it. Lambert, which next products to apply in fall on warm season? People seem to be all over the place on application timing for these products. That's right, Lambert. They typically that's a lot of what I see, and there's not really just a firm way to go about it, but. This is where this is this is how I want you to think about it. So you have to understand the mode of action of each of the next products. So, for instance, if we're talking about driving root depth, we're talking about RGS because of the hormonal properties of kelp, right? So, when do you want to focus on root depth? You're going to focus on root depth in periods of pre-stress. So that's before it gets into the stressful time in the year. And then you also want to do it in stress recovery. So that's after the most intense part of the year. So typically that's going to be your, your, your RGS uh, impact there. Something like Air 8, pretty, pretty, you can pretty much throw that down whenever is necessary. If you're going through an extended period of drought or dry weather, I would stay away from, our, uh, from Air 8 just due to the salty-ish nature of the KOH can have a little bit of a dehydrating effect. Um, and something like Humic 12, Humic 12, you can kind of get down and get nasty with it whenever you please. Uh, you're not going to hurt anything doing that. Um, and the microgreen, microgreen, you typically want to do in those periods of stress. Uh, so I hope that's kind of the, the rundown. And then, you know, you just apply that as 
pertains to where you are and what your turf type is that you're actually growing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what's up, Matt from down the Green County products? We're putting them down. Get them down, Tom Reed. Get them down. What's up from Ohio? Woo, LZ USA. How are you, good sir? You and my buddy, the turf nerd, David. What, 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 what is up there in Ohio? I bet it has been hot, man. I'm talking to him. He said it was a little bit steamy and too much rain. That always makes things tough, too. Connor Ward is in the house. Man, you're recovering from your, your trip down in, uh, in Florida. Looks like you had a good time, sir. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When you're ready, come see me, Connor. Come on up. Uh, Troy Wartner, how are you, good sir? That's Ray Chapman. And my ceiling can also be from Rhizoctonia and Pythium. That's right. Um, I don't, at least where I'm at, I haven't seen a whole lot of mycelium from Rhizoctonia. I have seen it for Pythium. I have not seen it for Dollar Spot, but I have noticed this mycelium thing with the organic fertilizers. That's why I'm just curious what that looks like. Ray, I'll have to send you some pictures of this. I think you would be super interested in it. Oh, we, I, we did. We were talking about it on the Discord. Any luck with Sweeney's mole and go for repellent granules? I have a molar vole problem. Mean green, I've never used it. Typically, when you're dealing with moles or gophers or voles or anything of that sort, um, you can try the repellents. You can try like talprid. Uh, what is going to be the efficacy of it? Who knows? Uh, it's very hit and miss. It all comes down to the precision of the application. Can the animal smell it on you? You know, did you accidentally touch it? Uh, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Have I ever seen them work? Yeah, I'm not actually a repellent. No, I've never seen a repellent work. I have seen a poison bait work, but it's very infrequent that it does end up working. So typically what I recommend is trying to trap them. Trap them. Brian applied his first lateral spreading fescue on top of my client's lawn today. I've been scared to give it a try, but why not? Did you use any more this year yourself? Yes, Brian. We went out with all of it this year. Uh, all of it is uh, lateral spreading again. And that is because it did such a great job. So uh, we'll continue to use that from this point forward. Kevin LCN says, will using Milo on the yard hurt my dogwood tree? No, sir, Kevin, your dogwood tree will love it. Matt, will insecticides hurt microbes in the soil? No, they will not. Uh, insecticides do not have an effect on microbes. There's Ray. <laughs> Ray's going to get you for that one. Um, Glenn, we are not in Pythium weather. Hey, I mean, we've had some days of it, you know, where it's, it's in the 90s, but nighttime temperatures are pretty cool now. So uh, we are we are pretty much out of the clear for um, out of the clear for Pythium there. Look at that, super humid but not Pythium for sure. No slimy feel. Interesting. Speak on the use of silicates in turf management. I'd like to hear your opinion on their uses. Silicates. Okay, Gigi Turf. Um, I I don't know just a ton about it. Um, I understand a little bit how it works. So if you think about something, um, let's see. Uh, it's supposed to be another pre-stress conditioning type product. Uh, silicas are going to help something in the plant. I can't remember. I just read a study about this, I don't know, a couple months ago. And um, it showed a minor positive impact However, there was another study that followed that up that did not mimic the results of the first study. And I cannot remember, man. I cannot remember. Um, I think there is something to it, but I think the rates involved with it are a little bit unknown right now. Um, you're definitely not going to hurt anything by using it. Now, there is a lot of data showing salicylic acid, which is not exactly a silicate, but uh, salicylic acid, uh, also known as aspirin, actually has a really positive influence on turf. So um, it may be something that you want to try in combination. There is a product called Kendall, K-E-N-D-E-L, K-E-N-D-A-L, I think it's D-E-L, that is by Valagro, Helena distributes it, 
And I believe it comes out of Italy and it contains, I think, both silicates and salicylic acid. And it is uh, to ward off stress. It's mainly used in the golf world, but it's a it's a very good product. So uh, GG Turf, is it going to be the end all be all? No, but silicates can definitely have a positive role in turf management. It is one of those things. It's another tool. And when using it uh, to, to ward off um, damages that come from stress and I think uh, like localized dry spot and stuff, you know, if, if it fits your budget and it fits your uh, your program, you know, you, you're not going to hurt anything by doing it. So there you go. Uh, we've had a few frosts and even two inches of snow last week that melted my lawn and slowed down a little bit. But still super green grown. When can I put my mower down for the season? Gravy, look out, put it down. Never keep mowing even when it stops growing. Just roll with it. Well, as long as it's not frozen. Don't, don't mow fro frozen grass. We had an army worm breakout. What's going on, Long Guardian? Cat Bird Feeder, how are all y'all, Long Guardian? Check it out, man. We're rocking it. We are rocking it. Uh, those will make grass harder, as in harder to mow. Golf guys use it to make greens harder and faster, but I would do it. I would not do it on landscape turf. Interesting. Very interesting. Firming it up. Uh, look who stopped in. It's old Alan Hayne just creeping in the chat right there. What's going on, Big Al? How are you good, sir? Leaves, what's going on? Number 34, what is it too late to put down turf type tall fescue seed? I live in Connecticut. Now too late. Best wait until the spring. Thanks. Leaves, I don't know what your soil temperatures are, but if you're underneath 55 on a five-day average, I'd say you're probably too late. But as long as you're above 55 on your five-day average, get that baby down. Get it up, sir. It's Alan Alan ain't just finished watching your video. Yeah, that's right. Alan's got a good one coming out with a little 1801 green punch and some Milo going down. Did you have a preferred brand of snowblower? Uh, anything that has Toro written on it, I'm probably going to be a big, bigger fan of. Gravy Lookout, I'm going to be real honest with you right now. I have no idea what a snowblower even looks like. Um, I'm, in fact, I'm probably going to pull up a video after we get off here to check out what exactly a snowblower is. Good stuff there. I'm in Iowa. Is Eric going to help in the fall with leaves if I'm mulch mowing? Troy, probably not. No, sir. I do not see how it would have any impact on that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do not know. RBM Jackson, part of a mentor program over on the space, but how are you good, sir? Welcome in. Which Green County fertilizer products would you recommend at a re renovation this month? Turf type, tall fescue, lime, urea, fertilizer, nuked out lawns, aerated. I would probably go with something like an RGS. So speed up that rooting, get it as rooted as possible leading into the cold weather. So Two things I would focus on in the fall, especially with tall fescue, is nitrogen. Get your nitrogen down. Get it ready. Get it in the soil. Get it going. And um, and you know something like RGS. So previous in the past, you know, last two years, I've put down RGS with tall fescue seed to great results. So um, that is where I would steer you all towards. Tomery, will next product get damaged freezes may end up with some leftover product. Tom, it's not exactly going to be damaged, but it may come out of suspension. Um, so shake it up real good if it, in the event it does freeze. What's the recommendation? Recommended concentration of marking dot used in order to dominate my neighbors with my stripes. There is, um, I believe if you're, if you're trying to give it that hue, kernel corn, uh, there is a video put out by, oh, uh, how to with Doc. He's got his little super juice going over there, paint painting the yard up nice and pretty green. Um, I don't know the rate on that, but I believe he lists it on his website, and he's got it uh, probably in that video too. And uh, seemed to do a pretty pretty good job on that front. All right, let's go on, Duty Beverage. I see you at the GIA. How are you, ma'am? Um, let's see what brand of winterizer fertilizer do you recommend for Ohio LZ USA? I'll tell you right now exactly what brand I recommend. I recommend you go get a bag of 2100 and your nitrogen source be ammonium sulfate. Throw it down between a half pound of nitrogen and a full pound of nitrogen, and you should be good to go. Uh, stay away from anything that is branded winterizer. If it is branded winterizer, uh, you're paying for a bunch of nothing that you need in that bag. 
Uh, it is purely a marketing ploy. Uh, so stay away from anything branded winterizer fertilizer. Go to a co-op or something. Get you a bag of ammonium sulfate and throw that bad boy down. Chris Windorf, do you have any experience with Texas bluegrass? No, sir, I do not. This is another study I read probably about two months ago. Um, and uh, I didn't really learn a whole lot about it other than uh, it performed a lot like other hybrid bluegrasses. So uh, it's going to be about my best bet. You know, it's probably going to be like we see with the HGT bluegrass around here in Tennessee. Um where you know it's a little bit more heat tolerant it's a little bit more drought tolerant and uh it doesn't require exactly as much rain to get it going again just a little bit of a dip in temperature and it's good rain and typically it's coming back gene DeClaw, how are you good sir how's the parking area coming along connor connor's working his tail off matt what's your personal opinion on using glyphosate uh i have no issues using glyphosate there is enough data out there, and it's been used over so many decades now at many, many, many various rates over many various crops, and there is not a direct correlation between the instances of increases in cancer rates and glyphosate usage. Where you would expect it to show up, it's not showing up. So. That's my personal opinion on that. And I did a long video about it, too. So if you care to learn more, check it out there. Frank White, what's up? Ronald Paris, how are you? North Carolina DOT used silicate byproduct for highway for years ago. Byproduct they got from Tylenol plant. Interesting. Interesting. So high pH here in West Texas. I watch your venom ammonium sulfate FERT. Applied sulfur to start the process lowering pH. Sounds like running that FERT next year will help, correct? Yes, sir, RBL, it's all part of a program. So you can't just make the transition to ammonium sulfate uh, because, again, when you're dealing with high, with high pH like that, typically it, is, um, it exists in your, uh, your uh, soil structure and your subsurface. So, you know, if you're, dealing, if you're basically on uh, limestone, then you're never really going to get it below a 7.8. So, um, you know, you always constantly have to stay on top of it. Then a full renovation. Army worms ate a lot of it before I caught it. Sprayed by fenthrin, reseeding, fertilizing tomorrow. Any other advice? No, sir, RVA. No, sir. That is exactly what you need to get done. Just want to report back from previous posts where I asked about a chronic rain supply. Adding sulfur amendments using clear 33, 36, That's excellent. Awesome, AAA. That is awesome. Airing the snowblowers are best. How about them apples? Who knew? Never heard of it. Uh, silica increases. Uh, Turgidity in the plant, turgidity in the plant. There you go. You have a ballpark price for Carbon X. Dustin Spiegel, are you a homeowner or you're a pro? I don't know. I would contact Green County Fertilizer, greencountyfert.com, and uh, contact them for pricing on Carbon X. You're a probably home that I called you about irrigation time on New Sea. What's your suggestions and when do you cut back? I cut back typically when it gets to about that one, maybe two inches. Um, irrigation timing on new seed. Typically, this is what I do. I do it 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. Depending on the output, somewhere between three and six minutes a zone. Uh, if you're dealing with like one and a half inch uh, plus pipe size, then, and you know, I would say more like a, a, com a commercial system that's really dumping out the gallonage. You, know, you could probably get away with that three to four minute time frame per zone. If you're on a homeowner line at a half inch uh, with NPR heads, you know, you may be at uh, uh, NPR heads from five to seven minutes a zone, something like that. So somewhere in that time frame. And then it, when it gets to be coming in pretty nice and decent looking, you can look out and you see it across the horizon there. Lots of lots of baby grass. Shock it. Shock the fire out of it. Now, this is a hard thing to do. Casey, because you know, you're a pro, you can't be on it every day, but this is where you have to educate that customer. When they come home and it begins to turn a little bit blue, that's when they need to fire it on. So they may only be watering like twice a week, three times a week after that, but shock it, let it stress a little bit. That stress response is going to help that rooting process and helping that early on is gonna pay dividends later on. Planted grass three weekends ago, put down two, two pounds of 10 per thousand. Should I put another two pounds down or is it too soon? 
what are you talking about, Gene? What did you put down? Of two pounds of. I'm a little confused. And touches a snow dust, snow blower on the beach. <laughs> uh, got some Bray. Hey, there you go. There you go. Bray to Mark and Blues discussing my latest video. That's right. Real, real old dead dad gets all in on that Mark and Blue. Does potassium help with the roots? Julio Diaz. No, sir. Uh, it has to do with, with water and nutrient transport within the plant. Has nothing to do with roots. Um, let's see. <laughs> let, me, let me get on down here. Oh, Paul's Prime cuts me some silica right now. Somebody get him some silica. He's he's lacking some turgidity. I just wanted to say that. If it rains for five days, is that less than the end in the ground for winter storage? Potentially, Ronald Parrish, because what can happen there is that it can move. It can move. So nitrogen is very mobile. It's very soluble, right? So if you're getting lots of rain, what can happen is that it can go into solution in the rainwater and run off. Uh, the other thing it can do is you could push deeper than intended for it to go. It could push deeper than the root zone. Um, and they call that leaching. So, yeah, it is there is potential for it but i you know i mean as a general rule of thumb if you're use if you're using urea you're going to lose at least half to the environment whether that's through evaporation through leaching or through runoff if you're using ammonium sulfate i would say something like 30 percent you're going to lose just keep all that in mind um my neighbor just threw down some winterizer from Menards. I had to make sure my face didn't make a uh expression when he told me. That's right. Get on Mean Green. Tell him how to do it. What's the update on Carbonax? All right. I will do that since we are at the 927 mark. Let me tell you a little bit about where we are with Carbon X. Okay. So right now, GIE is coming up. I got a string of videos that are going to be coming out on the Grass Factor for the GIE. I'm actually doing a video right now. As we speak, I'm editing it in another another video that is done with the folks from Permagreen. As you guys know, um, really, you know, I'm, I absolutely love the people over at Permagreen. Um, they've always had a special place in my heart because I never could have done what I've done without my Permagreen. I owe uh, a big chunk of, of my career to my Permagreen. I owe a big chunk of my career to Ray in the chat. And... Um, you know, so GIE is always kind of a, a time for me to, to get in on that. And so anyway, got that video coming out with them. Next is Carbon X. So Carbon X, we will be at the same booth with Green County Fertilizer. They're going to be there will be a distributor. We'll be there. We'll be hanging out with those guys. So I will be there for the entirety of the GIE. Now, coming up over the next week, later, late next week to maybe next Monday, uh, we will begin launching the pre-orders. Pre-orders are going to be coming from uh, a, a couple of a couple of different places. We'll keep it all condensed and point you where you need to go on potentially pre-ordering. We're not asking to take any money up front. What we're trying to gauge is how much production we need, um, how quickly we need to ramp up production. So, uh, you know, do we need to be running 24/7 out of the get-go? Do we need to only be running eight hours a day? It's just going to help us gauge where we need to go. Um, as far as what's actually taking place in the construction process, in the construction process, we've got footers poured, pan is being poured. Um, we've got building that will start to be erected on, uh, materials are being delivered on Thursday, and I believe it is due to be finished constructed on the 22nd. Our building will be done. Um, and in that time frame, they're also running like three-phase power and all that fun stuff. So uh, it's absolute chaos right now. If you're interested right now in Carbon X, um, you know, feel free to reach out to Green County Fertilizer, GreenCountyFert.com, and uh, they'd be more than willing to talk to you a little bit about offering Carbon X as a product. Um, you know, John has been a been a uh, pivotal help in all this right now, and. Big thanks to especially to all my business partners in this. Um, uh, you know, John Borden has been just the absolute stud in this. He's the one who actually made this become a reality. So um, lots of stuff going on on the Carbon X front. Stay up to date with it. Check out CarbonEarth.co. 
fill out the contact form. That goes straight to me. I will put you on the mailing list and send you periodic updates via a newsletter. Uh, and then also, as we get closer to time, uh, official launch as far as like manufacturing material will be December 1st. We will probably start shipping material somewhere around the, uh, the end of December. And that depends on who needs it or if they don't need it, then we don't necessarily have to ship them. But we will be getting material in people's hands by the end of 2018 for sure. There's the update on CarbonX. Check it out, carbonearth.co. And also hop over to the Carbon Earth. Uh, if you check down in the description, you will see the Carbon Earth YouTube channel. Check that out. Hit the subscribe button because uh, we got a lot of interesting things that are going to be coming out there too. Uh, American Troy getting pretty good germination on super super seed superstore turf type tall fescue with no mechanical aeration. Seed to soil contact is really all it takes. Once you get it, you get it. That's all you need. Uh, Mom, what is going on? Thanks for tuning in, Mom. Thank you, Josh Carlson. I really appreciate that, man. I really, really do. Much of travels, King of Hearts. When you get a chance, can you please post complete application counter for whole year, including which herbicide to apply when? Much of travels, man. That's a lot of data. Uh, I probably can't do that. Um, I would like to, but I can't. So what I would recommend is there are people out there currently that have programs. Um, you know, uh, uh, Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut, is a great ebook. Um, I was actually a technical editor on uh, on parts of his ebook series. Um, so feel free to check that out. He's got a lot of great information on it. Um, uh, Pete with GCI Turf has the uh, GCI Turf Academy. You can check that out, and that's got uh, you know calendars. Uh, you could check out Grass Daddy's website. He is putting together some algorithmic program to tell you kind of what to do when. That's pretty sweet. Um, but uh, I could tell you how to do it, but that's not really my forte. I want to tell you why you do it at certain times. Um, I try, I try and keep that brain stimulated. You know what I'm saying? It'd be too easy for me to just tell you how to do it. I want you to understand why it's being done. Sounds like I need to go cut off one of the start times tomorrow. We'll be like 11 days tomorrow. I feel like it may be too wet. If, it, if you feel like it's too wet, Casey, it probably is, buddy. And I mean that. If it feels like it, it probably is. When the calendar need to be tailored to your lawn, that's right. It would be AAA Huskers. That is right. Uh, I can see in the back of my mind still that Paul is still changing his shirt. The last <laughs> Oh, yes. Will my goose die in Houston winter, or does it thrive in winter? I've resorted to Roundup to kill it, so Fentrodone isn't helping much. Any applicators here in Houston that has revolved? Bird dog, the, the winter will kill it. Uh, all you need is just one frost, and, and it'll get you. Um, yep, there's Ray there talking about it. Pilex. Pilex does amazing on it. It really does, and we're talking rates like quarter ounce to a half ounce, something like that. And uh, we'll smoke it. But yes, Brad, to give a mug just like he gave John. Give me a mug. <laughs> uh, remember, that's the thumbs up button. That's right. That's right. Uh, St. Augustine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Atrazine. There you go. That's right. Um, is carbon X going to be something you recommend for the winter? Uh, Casey, probably not. You can. I mean, because, you know, Carbon X has a lot of, of stabilized ammonium sulfate in it, so you can apply it in the winter. No big deal there. Uh, but usually, go cheap, man. It's wintertime. Throw down 2100 ammonium sulfate. That's where I like to see. Uh, are you still making me a top dressing product? Yes, Jim. There will be a top dressing-like product. So what we're going to be doing is a super high biochar with organic binders, a little bit of MPK is going to be like a 2-1-1, something like that. I'm battling it. My goodness, man. Um, let's see here. Anything to do once the first fraud hits, it's still supposed to be 63, 40 degrees for the rest of October. No, sir. Hey, you know, let it come. Let it go. Just do the thing. What is the rate for carbon dioxide? I don't know how much to order. What's the shelf life? Shelf life should be definitely a year or longer. Uh, rate is going to be variant. Um, you know, if you've already got a decent stand and you're looking for, for maintenance wise, you know, you may be applying it like hundred pounds to the acre. Uh, if you're going for anything that's corrective and you're, you're trying to, uh, you know, it's brand new construction, everything's ripped off the soil and you can't get it to turn green and probably go higher. You know, you may want to go like 200 pounds to the acre. So 
Uh, there's going to be a pretty variance there, and you're going to have to play with it a little bit, or at least give me some more information to work on, and I can tell you where to start with your with your rates. My something is done is more important than when. That's right. Calendars are minimally valuable to turf. <laughs> Man, rate dropping, dropping some brain knowledge on you right there. Uh, what's up, Skipper? My man, Russell Skipper, down in the ATL. Josh Carlson put down too much Milo in 2017 18 and have overload of OS. Now I have chlorosis. Has some green effect, cool temps in Minnesota projecting 45 to 55 next two weeks. Put down some green effect now or wait till next year. Get it down, buddy. You ain't gonna hurt nothing. It's the is that the is that the 1801, the green effect? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think a green effect is uh, – let me look here. I think the green effect is the iron product, isn't it? That's the 700. Yeah, I probably probably wouldn't throw it down now. I'd probably wait till next year if you're already getting that cool, man. But I'd probably go ahead and chunk you down some, uh, some ammonium sulfate. You ain't going to hurt nothing doing that. That'll help it. Juice a little bit of it out and get you some color back. Well, if you're chlorotic, yeah, man, you can go ahead and get it down. Get it down, Josh Carlson. You'd be all right, big guy. 50 pound, uh, 22,090 to 200 pounds per acre. There you go. Uh, do you think Kavanaugh will be good for the lawn care industry? I don't know, AV guy. I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give any political opinions, uh, on, on YouTube. It's just, it's, it's not necessary. But one thing I will say, and that this is what, um, you know, looking at commodities right now, uh, you know, the lawn care industry as a whole is in a little bit of a tough spot because as, you know, tariffs and stuff are being uh, placed on us and we're placing them on other countries too, um, you know, it's causing, um, you know, the, the, you know, for instance, the cost of, of growing soybean, right? So uh, farmers are being subsidized because of the tariffs. Uh, because, you know, costs are just so wildly fluctuating. Well, you know, unfortunately, lawn care really is like a small, uh, hidden little thing, little subsection of agriculture. So, you know, we're still buying a lot of the fertilizer and stuff. That's a little bit of the overflow from agriculture. The problem is, is that agriculture is being subsidized to be able to afford those price changes. Lawn care market is not being subsidized. So, Unfortunately, the lawn care industry gets a hit a little bit hard, especially since a lot, 90% of our AIs actually come from China. So uh, we're, we're kind of in a tough spot right now. I have a feeling it'll all kind of even out in the wash, though. Um, so I'm not super concerned about it, but definitely prices are going to be on way up and up, at least in the short term. Um, I want the soil stimulation and not necessarily that other liquid stuff. There you go. There you go. Uh, here we go. When no one's looking at the bleaches, but grows back in 21 days. That's right. Highlights is it for use in St. Augustine, if I'm not mistaken. Only cool season grasses and centipede grass. Uh, Pilex can be used in Bermuda grass too. I would keep it off zoysia grass, but you can put it in uh, Bermuda grass for control of goose grass. Is carbon earth fertilizer good for sandy soil? Yes, Tim Jim. There are lots of studies about biochar's effect on sandy soils and having the ability to retain water. Um, that is one of the unique characteristics of something that is highly, 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 highly porous with uh, a lot of surface area is that it actually impedes the flow of water through sand. But interestingly, it has the opposite effect in clay soils. It actually stimulates the movement, the um, the percolation rate of water into clay soils. So kind of an interesting thing there. Uh, but there are lots of studies on it. You know, you can Google, you know, biochar, sandy soil, and uh, and read the, the different research there, Tim Jim. It's great for uh, Let's see. Do you recommend a potassium app in the fall? Any product suggestions? Thanks, Matt. Lambert. Uh, what kind of turf grass are you talking about? I uh, cannot recall which one you have. Any reason why Magnum costs as much as a 1983 Toyota hatchback? It's a great question. I don't know the answer to that, but um, I would say 
it has to do with the fact that, you know, a 1983 Toyota hatchback is probably only going to be worth, uh, you know, two, three thousand dollars. And uh, a permagreen Magnum is probably only going to be worth two, three thousand uh, dollars. And you'll probably make tons more money with a permagreen Magnum than you will with a 1983 Toyota hatchback. Just saying. Is Carbon X organic based? Yes, it is. It is organic based. Now it is in. It is enhanced with non-organic components. So ammonium sulfate, sulfate of potash in some instances is considered organic, uh, but it also has micronutrients in it that are not organically sourced. Also, uh, carbon X is, is uh, carbon X is not OMRI certified, but one of our sub products will be OMRI certified, not that one particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the lawn stripes. That was funny, man. Uh, since Dimension 2 EW herbicide is very costly, can I use 2,4-D amine, es uh, amine ester as an economical replacement? No, Mudra, that is two totally different uh, things you're dealing with there. Uh, Dimension 2 EW is a pre-emergent, meaning it prevents weeds pre-emerge before they emerge. It stops the weed from establishing before it has a chance to establish. 2,4-D is a post-emergent, meaning it is going to control it after the fact. So the difference therein lies is on the list of weeds controlled by a product like Dimension versus a product like a 2,4-D amine ester. 2,4-D is only going to control broadleaves. Dimension is going to control both a variety of broadleaves and grassy weeds. Now, if you really want to maximize the effect of Dimension, it would be to apply it in conjunction with 2,4-D. There, you kind of get your bang for your buck. Um, because anything that has emerged, you can eliminate with your 2,4-D. And if it hasn't emerged, you can stop it before it starts with your Dimension. What's your favorite type of apple? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Them apples, that's right. Uh, what can I do about POA in Kentucky bluegrass? Uh, if you're dealing with POA trivialis, nothing. Um, if you are dealing with POA annua, you can use something like ethofumisate. Ethofumisate will probably be hard, on your Kentucky bluegrass though, so be careful. Zoysia grass, uh, a potassium in the fall, app in the fall is not going to hurt. Uh, so typically why you would do that in the fall, Lambert, is for disease. You wanna harden that plant in preparation for disease. So zoysia is susceptible to things like rhizotonia and rust in the fall. So you put down your potassium to strengthen that plant better manage the nutrient flow throughout the plant because it's slowing down, right? It's slowing down because of the lack of sunlight. So it helps still move things through that. Look at that. Ray said, stop all fertilizers, start large patch treatment. <laughs> what can I do to get rid of Johnson grass in a turf type tall fescue lawn? You're probably going to have to use fluazifop to get rid of your Johnson grass. Already got an app down at PPZ and Dacanil. Hey, good work, sir. I believe Tenacity will take it out of Kentucky Bluegrass. Uh, you, you, tenacity will put a little bit of a hurt on, on, uh, on your um, POA, but don't think it's going to eliminate it. I have yet to do that yet. Uh, fall preem for POA annua, uh, prodiamine, spectacle, pendimethylin, dimension. Um, those are about your, your sources there. Uh, does using a striper kit on the lawn hurt it from making it lay down all the time as opposed to standing tall? It depends on your uh, turf type. If you have a turf type that is uh, does well being tall and leggy, then no, you're not going to hurt anything. If you have a turf type that wants to be maintained at, um, uh, you know, a half inch, then letting it grow tall and then laying it over isn't going to uh, do it any justice. But for the most part, is the striper kit going to hurt your lawn? No, it's not. 
so you were saying organic sources of FERT, biosolids, chicken litter can create more instances of fungal disease. Can you elaborate? I don't know for sure, Andy. I'm just, I'm kind of throwing this, um, I don't know. I have not formulated exactly what is going on. And one thing I haven't figured out is um, it seems to be in instances where the rate is of overall product is going down between 10 and 20 pounds per thousand square feet. So that's a lot of organic material at one time. Um, and Andy, you send me an email and I will share some pictures with you. I don't know exactly what is going on. Um, right now, it's just, it's totally just a random thing. Um, and it's not just an organic source that the source is coming from manure. I'm also seeing it in plant-based products too. I uh, was talking to someone who just recently used a, uh, a plant-based organic fertilizer and they were going through the exact same thing. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is, Andy. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of shooting in the dark right now with it, but I'd love to get your eyes on it and get your opinion on it. Um, can you explain the difference in types of 2,4-D on the market when one is better than the other for a particular application? Okay, the different types of 2,4-D, typically you see it in an amine formulation or you see it in an ester formulation. The reason being is that an amine you can apply without the risk of drift. It's a water-based product and uh, it will is less risk of drift. So in periods of high temperature, uh, you don't have to worry about volatilization taking place. And uh, as it volatilizes, it starts to knock out things like trees and tree leaves. Um, and then there's going to be like uh, 2,4-D choline, which is of the, the newer formulation. 2,4-D choline is supposed to be even less drifty, so to speak. Um, and something like a 2,4-D ester is going to work better in the cold. It's ester, so think petroleum distillate. It's going to have very high penetrating power. So when you don't have a lot of growth taking place in the plant to be able to uptake this material, you use a 2,4-D uh, ester to be able to penetrate that leaf tissue, and that's how you actually get the herbicide into the plant. That is right. Everybody pay attention to what the Lawn Guardian says right now. If you haven't, check out the Lawn Guardian on YouTube. Has attacked me. Check out the Lawn Guardian on YouTube. There was a great video that was put together by a lot of the lawn care guys in the community. Ryan Knorr uh, just did a, a tremendous job. And it's to show support for Rodney Smith. I'm wearing the shirt now. Get, get a shirt. And if you can, make a donation because what Rodney is doing for the industry is great. That's exactly what we need more of in this industry. So show some love. Donate if you can. If you have the means, spread it because, you know, our, our industry and our community is really doing positive things. Let's, let's spread that and share it. Thank you, The Long Guardian. That's right. You can either donate or you can buy a shirt. It all goes to the same place. All benefits. Hey, we're going to move on here. Let's see. Um, what's going on? Matt Powell, official. That's right. Is it just crabgrass that dies in the winter or do other weeds die as well? If it is a warm season weed, it will die in the winter as long as it dips below freezing. Uh, with temps in the mid-60s by the end of the week, is it too late to oversee turf-type tall fescue? Probably not, Eli. What I would do is I would check your soil temperature and get like a five-day history, and you should be good to go. If you're sub-55, you're probably too late. If you're above 55, you're probably good to go. Uh, and even when it is below 55, I've still had fescue do plenty good at temperatures below 55. So I wouldn't get too excited about it. What do you think of the soil cube compost at Superside? I love it. Also, what do you think of the MPK products? My phosphorus is only a two with optimum range being between 50 and 70. Sound impossible, right? No, it doesn't sound impossible, manicone. Um, it happens, man. It happens. I've never used the compost at Superside or the cube compost. I've never even looked at the analysis of it, so I don't have an opinion on it. Uh, what do you think of the NPK products? I, I, I'm not sure which NPK products you're talking about, but if your phosphorus is only a two, uh, you may want to throw a little bit of phosphorus down. Um, you can use something like a 182412. It's kind of the old standard. 
Um, you wouldn't have to apply just a whole lot. You could probably get down with a pound. I would like to see that probably closer to a 20. As long as you're in a 20, you should be good to go. Uh, how far around trees should we be with something like that? Uh, with, with trees, I mean, you, you got to be careful. You got a bunch of surface roots and stuff. You don't want to be applying it. If you're using a 2,4-D amine, um, you know, you can spray within the drip line of the tree and typically you'll be okay. If you're using an ester, uh, pay attention and make sure you're not setting yourself up for temperature inversion because temperature inversion is can seriously do a lot of damage. So um, if it looks like you're at a risk of temperature inversion, you don't need to be using an ester-based product. Um, but as long as you're not at a risk for it, you're okay to use it. So typically it's kind of a general rule of thumb. I like ester-based products up to 60 degrees. Over 60 degrees, you move to an amine. Now that's just how I operate. That's not how it says on the label. The label has a little bit more leeway on that, uh, but I'd, I've damaged things from temperature inversion, so I play it a little safe. Um, tons of white, light brown moss in the Bermuda. Think an army worm. Spray tall star down twice, about 10 days apart. They're still there, and the lawn looks weak and thin. Brunite, it may not be army worms. Could be cut worms. Uh, could be web worms. You never know. Uh, but Ray suggested dialogues. There you go. Thanks, Ray. Uh, think about is oxygen clearance for the man have both on hand. You, those, that would be a good application there, Lambert. Cane corsos, Brunite. That's, <laughs> I forgot about that. You got cane corsos down there stomping your Bermuda, Brunite. I'll tell you what. Hey, man, wild onions are popping up in my renovated lawn. Anything I can put down to get rid of it? Yep. Uh, 2,4-D ester would be great for it. There you go. Uh, wait, also, wait, uh, yeah, new, new renovation you're dealing with. Probably a, a cool season grass species. You will be good to go using something like a, a 2,4-D ester. That will work great for you there, Gray. Papananas, the tree injections, can you use as a curative? If so, how long to take effect? Can you get same results as foliograph on trees versus injecting? Uh, yes, Papa. So you can use something like dinotepheron, also known as, I believe that's also known as safari, dinotepheron. It can be injected, but it can also be sprayed on the trunk with the same effect. Dinotephron is very mobile in trees, happens really fast as a curative, not a long uh, in terms of effect. It may only kill for two weeks to a month, but it can kill really, really, really quickly within days. So, yes, stream injections can be used as a curative. Um, I'm getting garlic, not onion, in Middle Tennessee. The blade is hollow, it's garlic, it's solid, it's onion. I think it's something like that too, Telly. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, what is the link to the Discord chat? Would like to sign up for that as well. That's a good question. Someone, someone in the Discord, post a link to the Discord so that way I can post that into the chat. Um, actually, I think I've got it over at thelawnforum.com because if you don't hang out at thelawnforum.com, I don't know what is going on with you because there's some great stuff going on over there. I'm telling you right now. Uh, let's see here. Where were we? Bear with me. You're welcome, Redbird. You're very welcome. What's a green and white poster on your wall say? Um, that is actually, uh, what does that say? I have no idea. I do know my wife did that in calligraphy class as, uh, as a young girl. And it's very pretty, and so we put it right there. My wife is very advanced in, in Japanese calligraphy, uh, and that's, uh, that's her thing. You know, that's her thing. She's great at it. Oh, here we go. We got the link to the Discord chat. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I'm going to throw the Discord right here in the chat right now. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Where are we? All videos for the fundraiser can be found in the United We Mow Lawn Care Community Fundraiser playlist on my channel. I got to interview Rodney Mullet. He's a great guy. Look at that. Look at that. Lawn Guardian checking out Rodney Smith. I'm talking about. Actually, I got to watch that video. He seems uh, seems genuinely happy about everything that's going on, too, and that's excited to see. Any news on Carbon X? When we'll be ready for the DIY guys to buy. Ken, uh, I can't. I will tell you after the GIE. How about that? But. 
I will say this. It will be sooner than you think. Bum, bum, bum. There you go. Does carbon X contain amino acids? Yes, EV, it contains lots and lots of amino acids. Uh, just to kind of clear that up, amino acids basically function like an organic fertilizer would. So um, if you take something that is, uh, all right, so you take something like malorganite. Mulorganite is digested by microbes. They consume the carbon component of the organic material, and then when they consume that, they deposit a mineralized nitrogen form. And it's this symbiotic relationship between the microbes, the soil, and the organic fertilizer to quote unquote indirectly feed the plant. Amino acids do the same thing. So what happens is, is as, the, as the plant begins to form, the root system is actually going to exude amino acids. The amino acids are constructed of C, H, and O, right? So it will deposit C, carbon, to the microbes, nematodes. They will consume that. They will drop mineralized in. Well, plants also can uptake those amino acids. When they do, and they do uptake them, what happens when it enters the plant is that you actually get uh, the formation of carbon and nitrogen isotopes. It actually leads to the formation of C13 and then N15, which functions in the plant very similarly, right? So nitrogen functions like nitrogen in the plant, carbon functions like carbon in the plant. It's probably gonna go through, uh, go towards uh, the production and or storage of carbohydrates. So um, it's not that amino acids do anything different in the plant. They just do the same thing as an organic fertilizer would or as any sort of indirect feeding fertilizer would. And when I say organic fertilizer, I'm talking about malorganite or chicken manure, horse manure, or whatever. It all functions the same way. Compost, it all does the same thing. Um, can't link in chat, man. I can, Colonel. I can. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. So if I understand you're right on 24D, my Q4 is good for warmer weather and my speed zone or T zone is good for cool weather. Is that right? Yep. And that would be a very simplified way to put that. Yes. Uh, can you comment on allegations that carbon X tastes better with Sriracha? John. <laughs> hashtag long forum, hashtag, uh, soil fertility thread. I love how you stared at that poster like it was going to tell you what it said. <laughs> the CD, actually, I was looking on it. So my, my wife has her name written on the side. And uh, at first I was thinking, I was like, does that say Asami Honda? But then I saw her name written on the side and I was like, nah, that's not what it says. So um, anyway, that was, ah, I just stared at it like it was going to tell me what it was going to say. I want to lower the mower and hide on my centipede. How long should I wait between mows so I don't stress it? Uh, Terry Finch, you know, just each one, drop it a little bit, you know, drop it, drop it gradually. Uh, oh, look at this. Ray said, screw it, cut it all down and get it over with. Never mind. There you go. Uh, typically, Terry, I, I maintain my centipede between like an inch, inch and a half, something like that. And centipede, I mean, you could just, you could just hammer it and it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt nothing. Uh, can too much synthetic in kill earthworms? No, absolutely not. Oh, Ray got him again. More nonsense. That's right. Colonel Corn thought it tasted better with LaCroix. Hey, Soy Archives, how are you? What are your thoughts on coffee grounds as a top dresser added into lawn compost? Uh, coffee grounds are coffee, coffee grounds. They're going to work like any other compost would. It's a, uh, It's an indirect source. Coffee grounds are typically going to be a little acidifying, so... If you're dealing with a high pH issue, coffee grinds may be something that you can put in um, to help reduce that soil pH. So, uh, you know, it's 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 another thing. Anything, you know, whether you're using banana peels or uh, or uh, soybean waste or um, cow manure, it's all really going to function the same thing. You're going to have such slight variations in uh, nitrogen content and uh, micronutrient content that you're not going to see really just a tremendous difference. 
Now, it, the caveat to that would be for something like coffee grounds, if you have high pH soil and you're trying to drop it. All right, everyone, this is where I'm going to call it right now. Well, one more. First time you're trying to push out a little bit of rust, also apply flush. So how long do I see results? Put down a heavy pound of bin. Uh, should take more than a week or so, Captain Hiltz. Um, okay, y'all. So we're going to call it. It's 10 o'clock. Everybody have a great night. I got to flip on over to the SpaceX and check out what's going on. So I appreciate everybody tuning in. If you haven't, check us out, carbonearth.co. We got green information coming out later this week. We got more GIE information coming out later this week. Check out the Carbon Earth YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Click a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Who, who, who know? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I sure do appreciate it. Big thanks to Ray over here in the chat, checking it out, holding it down. Everyone, enjoy yourself. Have a good evening. Thank you.